Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. And this is the morning that Jacob has been looking forward to and it has finally arrived. The wonderful morning when he'd open his eyes, look at the most beautiful flower in the world, Rachel, and we can imagine Jacob as maybe he woke up and lies there, maybe with his eyes closed, you know, like a kid who closes his eyes as the birthday present is put in front of him. You know, and we can imagine, you know, Jacob lying there and saying, Now I'm going to open my eyes and see my present, my Rachel. So, like a kid at the birthday present with the kid in front of him, and then everybody says, Okay, you can open your eyes now. And then everyone yells, Surprise! <laughs> and he opens his eyes in verse 25, Behold, it was Leah. <laughs> and for Jacob, this was really a surprise. <laughs> it was Leah. And at that moment, when he saw that, Jacob's life just came crashing down, just at that moment. And when he opened his eyes, there was a flood of feelings or emotions that he expressed. In those four words, in verse 25, we can feel the flood of feelings that Jacob felt when he opened his eyes. It came to pass in the morning, behold, it was Leah. What were the feelings that flooded Jacob in the morning when he opened his eyes with the surprise, behold, it was Leah. Behold, it was Leah. The first feeling is of extreme shock. A paralyzing stun came to him. Behold, it was Leah. The second feeling was disbelief. I I can't believe my eyes. This has got to be a bad dream. It's a nightmare. (laughs) I can't believe this has happened. Disbelief. Behold, it was Leah. The third feeling is of disappointment. I've wasted my life. My life is now ruined. I've got what I did not expect. I expected Rachel, I got Leah. Behold, it was Leah. The fourth feeling was one of frustration with his inability now to change what's been done. And now he'll never have just one wife. Like, uh, well, sort of like Abraham, but like Isaac. He'll never have just the one wife of his dreams, uh, Rachel. Behold, it was Leah. The fifth feeling was of regret. As he's looking back and he's seeing, where did I go wrong? How did I let Laban do this to me? How I made these mistakes? How I told him everything? How I didn't recognize his greed? And I enabled Laban to trick me, regret. Behold, it was Leah. The sixth feeling was loss, tremendous loss. I have lost Rachel. Jacob had felt that he had so much in Rachel, 
And now, as he looked at Leah, he had this incredible feeling of loss. As he looked at Leah instead of Rachel, Jacob felt all is lost. And at this point, freeze this picture in our minds and see how the world makes a person feel when he has looked to the world and the world has tricked him, the world has deceived him. A person who rejects God, rejects the Lord to be as God, typically focuses all his attention on the world to give him what God offered to him, but he rejected. And just as Jacob decided at the end of chapter 28 to not make the Lord his God, so a lost person decides to reject God's offer to become his God. And just as Jacob focused all of his affections, all of his hopes, all of his expectations on Rachel instead of God, so a lost person focuses all his affections and his hopes and his expectations on what the world can offer him. And King David, speaking about this expectation, he had the correct expectation when he said in Psalm 62.5, Psalm 62.5, my soul wait thou only upon God for my expectation is from him. And just as Jacob found his expectation to perish when he looked at Leah, when he opened his eyes and saw it was Leah, so a lost person finds that all of his expectations from the world perish as King Solomon wrote in Proverbs 10, 28, the hope of the righteous shall be gladness, but the expectation of the wicked shall perish. And again, in Proverbs eleven seven, when a wicked man dieth, his expectation shall perish. The hope of unjust men perisheth. In Proverbs eleven twenty three, the desire of the righteous is only good, but the expectation of the wicked is wrath. In Proverbs 23, 18, for surely there is an end and thine expectations shall not be cut off to the person who trusts in God. So just as Jacob opened his eyes that morning and was shocked to see where he was in bed with Leah, so a lost person will open his eyes and be shocked to see where he is in hell. As it says in Luke 16, 23, Luke 16, 23, and in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And just as Jacob opened his eyes that morning and was in disbelief, the thought this must be a bad dream that, that he's gonna wake up from, but found that it was not a bad dream, but Jacob had woke up into reality. So the feeling that a lost person has or will have when he wakes up in hell is disbelief. And at first he feels it's just all a bad dream. As it says in Luke 16, 23, it will be the torments that will make him realize that he has woke up into reality, the reality of being in hell. And just as Jacob was disappointed that morning, when he woke up and he saw Leah and he felt his life has been wasted. So a lost person in hell feels disappointed and that he has wasted his life. And just as Jacob that morning felt frustrated with his inability to change it, inability to change the marriage because it was done. So a lost person in hell feels frustrated with his current inability to change what has happened. 
He looks back on his life and knows that all through his life he had many, many opportunities to repent and come to the Lord Jesus Christ as the Lord offered him. He heard the verse in Matthew eleven twenty eight. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. And he's frustrated as he thinks of those words, come unto me, that he refused. He's frustrated when he thinks about John six thirty seven. all that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. He feels frustrated when he thinks of the promise, him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out, and he realized I could have. He wouldn't cast me out. He feels frustrated when he thinks of Revelation 3.20, Revelation 3.20, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. He feels frustrated when he thinks of how the Lord Jesus stood at the door of his heart. He feels frustrated when he thinks of how the Lord Jesus knocked at the door of his heart. He feels frustrated when he thinks of how the Lord Jesus called at the door of his heart. And just as Jacob, when he woke up that morning and felt regret, over what should have done, what he should have done to keep Laban from tricking him. So the lost person, he feels regret now in hell over how he should have come to the Lord Jesus when he heard him say, Matthew eleven twenty eight, come unto me. He feels regret now of how he should have realized that every time a Christian spoke to him or he thought about eternity and God, that that was the Lord Jesus standing at the door of his heart. He feels regret now of how he should have opened the door of his heart when the Lord Jesus was knocking and when he was thinking, maybe I need God in life. He feels regret now over how he should have responded to the call of the Lord Jesus, the door of his heart. But just as Jacob looked at Leah in bed with him and realized that it was too late to become unmarried to Leah, So the lost person in hell realizes that he has passed the point of no return, as it says in Hebrews 9.27, and it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. See, in hell, he feels regret over the decisions he's made, and with regret, he wished that he could have just made another choice, a choice that Moses made. In Hebrews 11.25, Hebrews 11.25, Moses choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. He feels regret over choosing the pleasures of sin because now he realizes that those pleasures were only for a season of life and in hell he realizes that the season is now over. And just as Jacob, on that morning when he opened his eyes and saw Leah in bed with him, felt that he had lost Rachel, so the person in hell, when he opens his eyes, he feels an overwhelming loss as he realizes he's lost his own soul. As the Lord Jesus said in Mark 8.36, Mark 8.36, for what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? In hell, he thinks about the loss that he has worked so hard for, and now he feels the loss that he could not take it with him. As King David and King Solomon both said, first David in Psalm 49, 17, Psalm 49, 17, for when he dieth, he shall carry nothing away. His glory shall not descend after him. And then King Solomon, Ecclesiastes 5.15, Ecclesiastes 5.15, as he came forth of his mother's womb, naked shall he return to go as he came. 
and shall take nothing of his labor which he may carry away in his hand. See, in hell, with all of his lost, he realizes now how life was a slippery place and that with one slip called his death, he lost it all. As King David said in Psalm 73, 18 through 19, surely thou didst set them in slippery places. Thou castest them down into destruction. How are they brought into desolation as in a moment they are utterly destroyed with terrors? In hell, he has a deep sense of loss as he thinks about how he's lost what others gained instead of him or after him. And he thinks of this deep sense about the new owners of what he who has worked so hard and given his life to gain, as the Lord Jesus said in Luke 12, 17 through 20, Luke 12, 17 through 20. And he thought within himself saying, what shall I do? Because I have no more room where to bestow my fruits. And he said, this will I do. I'll pull down my barns, I'll build greater, and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I'll say to my soul, soul, thou hast much goods left up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then the question, then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? And he feels the loss in hell about when he thinks about the new owners of all that he has worked for. In hell, he thinks how he lost when he looked at Christ at life, in his life, he looked at Christ in his life, and he said, I'll lose if I choose Christ. And when he didn't realize, he really lost when he chose the world instead of Christ. As Paul said in Philippians 3, 7 through 8, Philippians 3, 7 through 8, what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. Yea, doubtless I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung that I may win Christ. See, those same feelings that Jacob had felt when he opened his eyes in the morning and saw, behold, it was Leah, are exactly the same feelings that a lost person feels when he opens his eyes in hell. Shock, disbelief, disappointment, frustration, regret, loss. What a graphic picture. Verse 25 of the feelings of a person who's wasted his life by turning from God and now in hell has come to realize what's happened to him. But there's a seventh feeling. There's a seventh feeling that Jacob felt and following his, behold, it was Leah. This was the strongest feeling. And this is the one which is particularly called out for us in verse 25, when it says, and he said to Laban, what is this that thou hast done unto me? The seventh feeling that Jacob feels now is anger. He is mad. He is angry towards Laban. And Jacob only sees Laban as the one who is at fault. That's all he sees, it's amazing. Jacob does not see that he has any fault in himself. Jacob feels that I did not deserve this. Jacob does not see that he did deserve this. Jacob does not see that he's done anything wrong. You remember the king that was caught by the Israelites and they cut off his thumbs and his his toes? And then he said, so many kings I've cut off the thumbs and the toes of, now it's happened to me. See, Jacob doesn't see God in what happened. He only sees Laban. Jacob doesn't blame himself. He only blames Laban. That's why this is recorded to us for us. When something terrible happens to us, the first thing we should think of is, are we being chastened by God? Is God teaching me? 
Is God instructing me? See, when Joseph's brothers who had sold him into slavery and were then found themselves falsely accused in Egypt and looking at being cast into prison and forgotten about, it was Judah who realized God's hand in what had happened to them when he said in Genesis 44, 16, and Judah said, what shall we say unto my Lord? What shall we speak? How shall we clear ourselves? God had found out the iniquity of thy servants. For all he knew, the prime minister, because they didn't know it was Joseph, was thinking to himself, what iniquity? What do you mean, what iniquity? They knew the iniquity. And they said, we're not gonna tell you the iniquity, but God knows the iniquity. That's what's happened to us right now. Behold, we are my Lord's servants, both we and he also whom the cup is found. See, all of Joseph's brothers knew why this had happened to them. And they talked about it before this. They talked about this two chapters before in Genesis 42, 21, when it says, and they said one to another, we are verily guilty concerning our brother and that we saw the anguish of his soul when he besought us and we would not hear. Therefore is this distress come upon us. See, they knew that they had been falsely accused because they saw the anguish of the soul of Joseph and they saw Joseph begging them to not hurt him and they hardened their hearts against the cries of Joseph. And as Joseph's brothers looked at each other, what did they see? They all saw anguish of soul on everybody's face there. And they could ask the question, now where have we seen this anguish of soul before? Oh yeah, we saw that anguish of soul in the past in the face of our brother Joseph. See, the chickens have come home to roost. What went around has come around. Or those two phrases are put better by God in Galatians 6, 7. Galatians 6, 7, be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. See, if a man does not reap what he sows, then God is mocked. It's a mockery of God. That verse is saying that God makes sure that a man reaps what he sows so that God will not be mocked. God makes sure that a person is paid back in exactly the same coinage as he has paid to another. And this is all done here to get Jacob to repent of what he did to his father. I mean, what, just consider what we've considered what a perfect reaping this was. In verse 25, Jacob protests to Laban, what is this that thou has done unto me? He should have said, what is this that God has done unto me? And that's essentially what Isaac said. What is this, Isaac essentially said, what, what is this that thou has done unto me? When Isaac said in Genesis 27, 35, Genesis 27, 35, he said, thy brother came with subtlety and had taken away thy blessing. Then we see Jacob saying to Laban, did not I serve thee for Rachel? And now Jacob could hear his father say, did not I send Esau out to get venison? And in verse 25, Jacob says, for Rachel. And Jacob's saying, I thought I was marrying Rachel. And now Jacob can remember how Isaac could have said, I thought I was blessing Esau. And Jacob could say, I really married Leah. And Isaac could have said, I really blessed Jacob. And Jacob could have said, I thought I was marrying the younger. And Isaac could have said, I thought I was blessing the elder. And Jacob challenged Laban and said, what is this thou hast done? And Isaac said, you know, thy brother came with subtlety, taking away the blessing. You could not design a more perfect reaping for Jacob. It's beautiful. You could not design a more perfect way to bring Jacob to repentance, repentance of the sin of deceit and this wrong that he did. We couldn't design a better wrong for Jacob because of the goodness of God. 
is what it says in Romans 2.4. Despisest thou the riches of his grace? Goodness? Despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance? Jacob, don't you understand? Don't you see? It's the goodness of God through this event that is leading you to repentance. That's typical with God. He makes us suffer the same wrong that we've done to others. But Jacob felt the seventh feeling of anger towards Laban, and he didn't see that he deserved it. And just as Jacob felt that anger, if this is what the lost typically feel, that it's everyone else's fault, but not their own. Now, it's even God's fault because he didn't make somebody rise from the dead and go tell him the seven brothers wouldn't be here, and he probably wouldn't be there either if that would happen. It was all God's fault. See, the lost act, and Jacob's acting, like unbelieving Israel, as it says in Hosea 5.4, they will not frame their doings to turn unto their God. You know what that means? This is my doings. I'm putting a frame around it. The frame says sin, rebellion, wrong, to be repented of. He says they won't do it. For the spirit of whoredoms is in the midst of them, and they have not known the Lord. But there was one major difference between Isaac's response as a victim He was a victim of crime. (laughs) Isaac was a victim of fraud. And Jacob's response as a victim of fraud. Isaac, Jacob, victims of fraud. Response, different. Isaac's response as a victim of fraud was in Genesis 28.1. And Isaac called Jacob and blessed him. Isaac accepted Jacob as God's choice. Isaac did this because he saw the hand of God in what happened. But Jacob's response was not to see the hand of God, but only to see the hand of Laban. And Jacob pressed on to work an additional seven years for Rachel. Instead of accepting Leah as God's choice for a wife for him, instead of walking off with Leah and saying, well, God had just one wife for Adam, God had just one wife for Abraham, Sarah, God just had just one wife for my father, uh, Isaac was Rebecca. I believe God just has one wife for me, and it's Leah. I love you, Leah. <laughs> See, he could have said, it was out of my control. I got one wife, my one wife, God chose for me. I'll love her, I'll walk off with her. Instead of saying that, Jacob just dug in and said, I will persist and Jacob will not win this war. I'll set the record straight, even if I have to give him another seven years. If Leah's looks bothered Jacob, then Jacob needed Leah's weak eyes. <laughs> so it wouldn't bother him to look at Leah. He had the prize. He couldn't find a better prize. He couldn't find a better prize than Leah for a wife. She loved him. She loved Jacob. She had a humble spirit. She loved God. She was devoted to Jacob. She showed patience. She had this inner thankfulness. But with Rachel, he got an attractive figure, but he also got a load of troubles. May it not be so with us. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for recording all of these details in your word, Lord, and that help us, help us, Lord, we do pray to help us. Help us from what we've seen this morning within your word, that your word would be embedded in our hearts and the lessons you want to teach us, Lord, would be accepted by us and that we would always have you as our God. In Jesus' name, amen. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find 
free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional verse. Now, Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. Or you can write Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711-330, P.O. Box 711-330, Santee, California. That's S-A-N-T-E-E, Santee, California, 92071. Or you can email Tom Cantor at Tom Cantor. That's T-O-M-C-A-N-T-O-R, Tom Cantor, at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Thanks for listening to Friendship with God with Tom Cantor. Do you have a heart for Israel and lost Jewish people in America? Then come work in Southern California as a full-time or volunteer missionary working with Tom Cantor in Israel Restoration Ministries, reaching lost Jewish people with their Jewish Messiah, Jesus Christ. Hourly wage, 401k, health insurance, company car and phone, and other amazing benefits. Call us, 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051, israelrestoration.org. Looking for an exciting career in the medical field or biotech industry? Join Scanabody's Biologics, founded by a Christian businessman, Tom Cantor. It's a premier company dedicated to advancing patient care and serving the community of San Diego. Scanabody's has global operations and over 700 employees and growing. And if you have a heart for people and a desire to join a leading biotech company, call us 619-258-9300, 619-258-9300, scanabodies.com, that's scanabodies.com.